Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Fiona Bennett. And I'm Michael Schaefer. Hi, Fee. How are you? I'm very well, Michael. I'm a little bit cold, even though there is golden sunlight flooding through my window as I speak to you. Um, I'm curious to know how you are. <laughs> I'm very well. I'm in a field in East Sussex somewhere, so it's quite windy actually. <laughs> and uh, I'm in my van, and uh, you may well be hearing wind noises, as it were, not mine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the awning on the side of the van, it keeps wanting to fly away. So it, it is quite chilly here. I've got a, a little heater at my feet, uh, keeping them toasty. And um, yeah, it feels like a really good place to be. Um, doing poetry exchange from oh it's perfect Michael and particularly given everything we're going to be talking about in a minute but before we talk about everything we're going to be talking about in terms of the episode we're sharing again we should share also the wonderful news that we have which is that we've been successful in getting our next arts council grant yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It makes such a huge difference to us. I mean, it means that we can continue to share the poems that have been friends to people. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah. I think, Michael, it means for definite 20 more episodes. 20 more episodes. Wow, that's great. Well, it's just a lovely thing, isn't it? To sort of know that we've got the resources to gather the material, to curate the material, to record the material, to edit the material and to bring it into the world, along with some other uh, adventures that we're going to be having that we'll, we'll share more about along the way in the coming weeks. Yeah, and we put this information out in our newsletter uh, in, in case you're not signed up for the newsletter you can do so through our website thepoetryexchange.co.uk um, and uh, we've just had some fantastic responses from people and on social media as well which is so heartening and uh, it brings a warm glow to our hearts doesn't it Fee it's just terrific it really is and actually it's a kind of to and fro with people that also you know meant that we were able to really think into what we were saying on that application because people had filled in the survey and we understood what people were enjoying from listening. So people keeping in touch warms our hearts and also has a great purpose for us. Yeah, that's right. So a massive thank you to everyone that responded to that survey, that uh, has sent us messages of support and listens to us. There's so many people to thank specifically. But I do want to just make a special thank you to our friend Sue, who helped us make that application happen. And also to our friend Sean, who's been helping us with some tech aspects of things that we're involved with. Mm. So a huge thank you to him. And also, as always, to Ben, our phenomenal editor. Yes. And now we were remiss. We should have mentioned this last month, um, that Ben was nominated for an Olivier Award for the best young person's show. Ben wrote it uh, with his company, Splendid Productions, and they went to the Albert Hall. I've seen pictures of Ben in his dicky bow, uh, and they were all there together having a fabulous time. Sadly, they were pipped to the post and they didn't win, but we all know that they should have. 
and uh, it's an incredible achievement. Uh, the show is coming back. It's going to be on, as it was last year, at the Sam Wanamaker Theatre, which is uh, part of the globe. So if you've got young people in your life, take them along. You will have a fantastic time. Wonderful to be surrounded by people with Olivier nominations. I mean, goodness me. I know. This is the kind of company we keep these days, Fiona. That's it, exactly. So this is the last of our mini-series of re-releases that we're sharing, isn't it, this this one? Um, going to be moving into new material next month. But it really felt like this conversation we wanted to return to for multiple reasons, not least for the company we keep <laughs> uh, in this episode, which features the phenomenal poet and novelist and photographer from the United States of America, Rachel Eliza Griffiths talking to us about the brilliant poem by Joy Harjo, Remember. So that's what we're going to be returning to. And Michael, I I think I just sent over to you a couple of poems that in a very different voice and from a very different time resonated for me with something that is inherent to Joy Harjo's work, which is that sense of the oneness of the universe and us as humans within it. Yeah, I just wondered if you would read us one of those before we head in. Absolutely, Fee. This is All Nature Has a Feeling. All nature has a feeling. Woods, fields, brooks are life eternal. And in silence, they speak happiness beyond the reach of books. There's nothing mortal in them. Their decay is the green life of change, to pass away and come again in blooms revivified. Its birth was heaven, eternal is its stay, and with the sun and moon shall still abide beneath their day and night and heaven wide. Thank you. He's good John Clare, Fee. I, th- I think we'll talk a bit more a bit later on perhaps about, about John Clare, but he's really good, isn't he? I just really love what we're being able to do on these re-release episodes of connecting poets from different eras in different registers, still yeah. voicing towards those things that we need to hear about. So we're going to head now towards the re-release of this episode, which was recorded, I think, back in 2019, but in, in many ways, it's, it seems remain eternal. So you'll be listening to myself and Michael talking about Remember by Joy Harjo, the poem that's been a friend to Rachel Eliza. Thank you so much for, for meeting us across the distance like this. It's absolutely wonderful. It really is. It's and nice to see you both and <laughs> to hear your voices. It's nice. And so we, we literally just um, received your email uh, with the poem that's been a friend to you, Rachel Eliza. Would you mm-hmm. give it a read for us so that we can kind of sure. hear it between us? It would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the moon, know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn. That is the strongest point of time. Remember sundown and the giving away tonight. Remember your birth, 
how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life and her mother's and hers. Remember your father, he is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are. Red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life who all have their tribes, their families, their stories too. Talk to them, listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind, remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember you are all people and all people are you. Remember you are this universe and this universe is you. Remember all is emotion, is growing, is you. Remember language comes from this. Remember the dance language is, that life is. Remember. Thank you so much. That was absolutely wonderful to experience that poem like that. It really was. Where did you first come across this poem? So I first came across this poem probably, I don't know, say maybe four years ago. Another poet sister of mine, whose name is Araceli's Germay, she's a magnificent, marvelous poet and person. She sent me this poem as a gift during the time that I was really intensely grieving my mother's death. And so um, she sent this poem and she said, I, I think you need this poem. And I probably have carried this poem now on airplanes, state lines, different countries, to different continents. And um, it really came to me as like an exchange of another poet, but also someone who cares about me in my life, saying to me, this is what I can give you in this time of grief and pain. And it became a certain kind of incantation for me, a certain kind of, I would even dare say prayer, but a, a kind of spiritual space and the repetition, I find it very like a meditation, really. I've been reading Joy Harjo's work for, you know, ever since I began writing poetry. And I probably have read this poem before, but it, it's that wonderful thing where in the moment, something arrives that you had before, but suddenly now you really have it because you need it. Um, and it comes into you in a certain way. And so when I read the poem, wherever I am, it's this kind of balm against a certain kind of loneliness or grief and and it just makes me happy it seems to me the poem really speaks of connection so there's something really beautiful about the about the connections and the connectivity that's kind of brought it to you. Um, yes. it, it just kind of seems all of a piece in a way. I agree with that, Michael. I think it's a thing where sometimes we get isolated in our own experience and we feel alone or we just, it's I, it's I, it's I. And this poem, I think, asks you to step back for a minute and think of the whole kind of constellation at your spec and that, it's more of a we mm. and a you, but that you, it's, it's like, remember us, remember all of us are here. Mm. We all have to be born to be here, but we all have to die. 
and then there are animals and plants and you know and so you suddenly you know there's a whole system here there's a whole kind of chaos or disorder or whatever you want to call it stardust and that challenge to kind of help balance you I think when you're afraid or you know when you're happy it's just like wow there's there we're all here and what can we do for each other and what can we be toward each other and also I love how the the poem allows anybody any you to bring their own intimacy toward it like remember your mother so your mother Fiona your mother Michael my mother and in those spaces your father you know who is that who is your moon and who is your sun? What is your best time of experiencing who you are in your life? And so you can come into the poem wherever you are in your own journey with all of that. And so you get to keep your own story, but you get to connect it, as you said, to the world and something beyond that. And that feels, that just feels quite profound to me. Mm. Brilliantly expressed. We, we were talking a bit earlier about mm. the tendency sometimes with, uh, if you like, identity politics to separate us out, mm-hmm. um, you know, and here there's this fabulous thing, remember the earth whose skin you are, red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth, we are earth. I love mm-hmm. that. You know, and this is so kind great. of, yeah, doing that thing of holding our differences, but also really kind of claiming our, our similarities and our connectedness. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, and I like the sort of declarative energy, you know, the, a certain kind of confidence or trust, a certain kind of faith in, in, in the actual earth and what it is. Remember, you are this universe, and this universe is you. Mm. Um, and it, and it, I thought for a min- moment about T.S. Eliot's, you know, proof rock of like, do I dare disturb the universe? You know, do I dare? And I think this poem is about daring, Mm. daring to remember, Mm. you know, Mm. those things which make you the you that you are. And maybe daring to believe in that connection as well somewhere. Yeah. Well, in this current climate where there's so much despair, there's so much violence, corruption, scandal everywhere you look Mm. to kind of, as you said, like remember a certain kind of authority or a certain kind of world that is happening in spite of us and will go on or hopefully with the climate stuff who knows but but this this kind of feeling that you just expressed is that even in the face of what we're doing to ourselves there's another memory um and we're forgetting that because we're hyper focused on right now some of the really problematic parts of the human condition are really bearing down now. And so this this politics, as you mentioned, this identity politics, there's a certain thing that's happening in the present, but then there's a thing that's so much older than any of us that, you know, it kind of fills you with awe and it's kind of terrifying. It's a certain kind of terror, but also a certain kind of peace if you can let yourself understand and step back from your ego mm. of, of what, you know, what, what is really at stake here. And I feel the poem, you know, you can give this poem to an elder. We can read this poem at our places in our lives. You could give it to a child and have them memorize it. And you kind of, you know, and that they can, they can say, oh, you know, these like elemental things. Here's your mother, your father, the sky, animals, language. 
And so I like that it's a kind of also creation poem, creation story, mm-hmm. um, in a way that feels very connected to a very kind of primal impulse in all of us. And that's why I feel this poem is such a friend of my mind, and it's a friend of my heart, this poem. All right. That's a lovely, that's a lovely thought, a friend of my heart and of my mind. That's a, yeah. a wonderful thing. I was very struck when you were saying about how it came to you and that you've been sort of traveling with it as well. And how would you kind of connect with it? Would you take it out and read it? Is it just in you? How does it sort of travel with you? Sometimes, um, you know, I think there's a very, also a thing that happens in the poem is this recognition of like families moving, of migration, of movements of people in space. And so for someone like me, who's kind of on the road a bit right now in my life, um, or is kind of migrant or or has a certain kind of wanderlust, it's language is a place where I can kind of come to, um, and it can be a sort of compass. And so I have it, I have it uh, printed out on little pieces of paper and I'll stick it in a bag and I go somewhere and then I come home and I put that bag down and then like two trips later I have that bag and oh there's my poem <laughs> or I have a little version in my wallet and sometimes I'm somewhere and things are beyond my control and I'll just take it out and I'll sit there and I'll just hold it I'm reading it but I know it mm. or I just hold it and it's the physical folded up creases of paper that I just simply hold and I'm like okay then I can go into a different meditation so I can just start saying, remember this, remember that, remember your mother when that day and she did this and you laughed and you danced in the kitchen and she made that thing for you. Remember how that rain sounded in Oaxaca when it came down and hit all the roofs. Mm. Remember how you felt when you saw that President Trump was elected in the United States of America. Can you remember that? Remember that rage when you decide to give up or remember your friend that you, you watch suffering through cancer and how she still made time to see you even at the end of her life. You know, you can just hold that poem. And so then it can travel with you literally as it is, but it also can travel through your own kind of arteries of your own autobiography, like your own, your own little tributaries of where you've kind of been stuck or drowned or sailing through. And a poem like this, which, you know, it's very simple, but this This is one of the most complicated and complex poems I think I have ever encountered because I can't let it go of it and it doesn't let go of me. It's not the feeling where you read a book of poems or a poem and you're like, okay, I respect this poem, it's great, but you don't think of it anymore and you experienced it and you move on. Mm -hmm. And this is a poem I never want to move on from because, you know, in 20 years, I'll still be holding this poem somewhere inside of me. Mm. I also feel, you know, this poem, I think, in a certain kind of way of empathy or dialogue with other people, too, that you come across that maybe you're at odds with or are antagonizing, you can try to remember their father, their mother, remember they are Earth, too. Remember these different things in them Um, as you are trying to perhaps reach a common goal or to have a conversation with someone or something that is difficult, 
this poem is so natural and at the same time there is a polit there's a political in it too mm. to mm. also remember the tribes families histories right there's something about the narrative of history and who owns that who authors that who erases that who capitalizes or pays for that who is paying for what the narratives are happening in climate and violence against women and children uh, against scandal and corruption who is paying a lot of those people aren't even born yet and they're going to pay there are people who whose lives they're they're buried in sand we'll never know what really happened we can't know but we can go forward in each of our own lives and that seems to be powerful that's power to me hmm. i think you said you're friends now with joy i am i've known joy for a long time and i I have so much respect for her. She's one of my favorite poets. A few years ago, I taught a class at Sarah Lawrence College about poets who also write memoirs. And she has a, a memoir I love called Crazy Brave. And I find that she is a poet that other people, particularly students, can really feel something, that they're not just asked to be clever with their mind, that their heart is allowed to be in the room, and that the heart can educate as much as the mind. But I feel thankful that more and more recently I get to see Joy more because she's moving around in the world. Thank goodness. Yeah. And um, no, she is she is a friend of mine. And so presumably she knows that you have this relationship with this poem, does she? I don't know. I mean, I I've in the last maybe six months, whenever I read, I begin my reading with this poem. But I almost feel like it would be I would be shy, <laughs> like even. Even some of my dear friends whose work I love, and, and I'm very close to them, sometimes before I'm going into the classroom or in front of an audience, I need like my friend there, and so I'll read their work. Um, but I, I don't know how then like hanging out or seeing them and be like, you know, I read your poem before my, you know, sometimes I'll tell them, but I almost think it's wonderful that I don't have to tell her and that when I see her, I hope she can see the light in my eyes and my heart towards her and she knows. Remember. Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the moon. Know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn that it is the strongest point of time. Remember sundown and the giving away tonight. Remember your birth, how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life and her mother's and hers. Remember your father he is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are. Red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. 
Talk to them. Listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember you are all people and all people are you. Remember you are this universe and this universe is you. Remember all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember language comes from this. Remember the dance language is, that life is. Remember. That was Fiona with the gift reading at the end there. Our thanks again to Rachel Eliza for giving us that incredible conversation and to Joy Harjo for allowing us to use that amazing poem. She's something else, isn't she, Rachel Eliza? Mm. Listening back to that conversation, I was just so struck by her kind of sensibility and sensitivity. I think she's incredible, actually. These poets of vision, uh, how we mm. how how we need them, it speaks to so much in that conversation. I'm saying poets of vision. She's also just released her novel called Promise. So we'll put details on the description page of where you can find out more about her work and head to buy that novel, as I will be doing. I've not yet got my copy, but it's mm. it's right on top of my list because I'm sure that's going to be a phenomenal read. I was very struck by the aspect of the conversation that was kind of about who can we be to each other? Mm. That connection of the oneness with the universe and also the oneness with one another. And can we achieve that? And what does that ask of us? And how do we do that? And and that then resonated for me with that fantastic Adrian Rich poem that features in the ballet black piece that we worked on then or now, mm. where there's the poem that speaks about in those days. Oh, yeah. Funnily enough, it was just putting me in mind of the last line of the Elizabeth Alexander poem, Ars Poetica 100, where she says, and are we not of interest to each other? I think that's great. Yeah. It's all kind of in a similar vein. And I think that that idea of connectedness to nature, our place in it, how we connect to each other within it, uh, as you say, it's really interesting to see how different poets are approaching similar ideas across the ages. And uh, we had John Clare at the beginning. And of course, it was the actor Brian Cox that brought us the John Clare poem, I Am, a couple of years ago now. Mm. Uh, have you been watching Succession, Fiona? I haven't actually. No, not yet. Oh, my gosh. I have been watching the new series and it is extraordinary. Oh, great. That's all Excellent. I'll say. Okay. I won't be drawn any further. But yeah, <laughs> Brian was uh, was the one that introduced me to John Clare. I hadn't come across him before. And it's kind of extraordinary now meeting another couple of his poems. To go, Gosh, this was a man without any education. I'm completely gobsmacked by his understanding of the form in a way. Go, how, did, how did that happen? It's amazing. I think it's interesting because he was such a poet 
of the land. And I yeah. think there is that embodied connection into nature and the closeness of that that I think does lead to a capacity to write in this form that is rhythmic and sonic. I'm going to give this other one a read, Fee. It's A Spring Morning by John Clare. The spring comes in with all her hues and smells, in freshness breathing over hills and dells, o'er woods where May her gorgeous drapery flings, and meads washed fragrant by their laughing springs. Fresh are new-opened flowers, untouched and free from the bold riffling of the amorous bee. The happy time of singing birds is come, and love's lone pilgrimage now finds a home. Among the mossy oaks now coos the dove, and the hoarse crow finds softer notes for love. The foxes play around their dens and bark, enjoys excess mid woodland shadows dark. The flowers join lips below, the leaves above, and every sound that meets the ear is love. Gorgeous. Thank you so much. It's a good note to leave it on, isn't it? I think it's a very good note to leave it on. We'll be back with you next month with a brand new episode. Until then, thank you for listening. Listener.